Welcome to the Citizens Report for the 26th of February 2021. I'm Elisa Barwick. Joining me today is Citizens Party Research Director Robert Barwick. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Elisa. And on today's show, we have one topic. Big news. Senate inquiry into Australia post-fiasco. A triumph of principle over politics. So what we're going to talk about today is the Christine Holgate affair and the wider play around Australia Post uh, and various matters relating there too. And of course, what happened to Christine Holgate last year, as our regular viewers would be aware, where she was forced out of her position as the CEO of Australia Post, is the kind of thing that happens in dirty politics all, all the, the time. time. And usually it goes unnoticed, everyone they moves get away on. With it. You know, and, and nothing occurs. So this happens all the time. This is not anything um, unusual, in fact. However, uh, we happened to uh, notice the bigger agenda at play and intervened, and with a combination of other forces, we're able to force a complete shift in this situation. Uh, in this matter, Christine Holgate had inadvertently walked into the firing line because she had taken on the so-called economic consensus uh, of economic reform, neoliberalism, letting the market play out. And she decided to make Australia Post work. And in the course of doing that, she trod on some feet. And Lisa, when we got a sense of that, we, as our viewers would know, as you said, we went very big on this. We've been hammering this since uh, the 7th of November. We did our first show on it. Um, well, probably even a bit earlier than that, actually. Big time, because we had a sense that when Scott Morrison went off his head that day in Parliament, there was something else afoot. So you were dead right to call this a triumph of principle over politics, because very few people would actually do that, right? And, I, and, and as I said on our show last week, after the week we spent, I spent in Canberra with Angela Cramp from the Licensed Post Office Group, it's like the politicians who are, you know, <clears throat> a lot of them aren't bad people, but they think of it as a chess game. Um, and a point I didn't make last week about the chess game is when you watch championship chess, very few games actually end in checkmate because the players know when they're going to lose and when they're going to lose, they give up, mm. right? They just, okay, declare defeat. That's how politicians think. And they thought this was a loser, right? A lot of them knew what had been done was rubbish, but you, who's going to stand up and defend a fat cat executive who splurged gold watches in a recession? That's the way it was presented, right? First of all, we found out those facts weren't true. And second, we found out it was a bigger um, issue and we got the news out and most Australians, mm. and I told politicians this, they, most Australians are rightly suspicious of what politicians get up to. And the minute they heard from us, there could have been an ulterior motive, there was a bigger agenda, they thought, aha, that makes more sense. And that has built up a campaign mm. and now we got to this point where this, as of yesterday, um, Senator Pauline Hanson, we're going to play a lot of clips here, and I really, look, Keep watching this whole show because we're going to give you the blow by blow of how this happened. It's really important to know. It involves a lot of different people, right? And in this case, the, the, the key, the key um, part played at the end was by Pauline Hanson. Once she got a sniff of this, and everyone knows Pauline Hanson in Australia, whether you love her or hate her, you know what most people would acknowledge about Pauline is that um, she doesn't uh, fake it, right? Once she got a sniff of this and the injustice, she went after it. She went after mm. it big. 
and it led to this. It just boiled over at the end, and now we have a Senate inquiry, and this is huge. So we this know is the big news of yesterday. The big news is that there is now a Senate inquiry that has to report by April, the end of April, onto this. There will be hearings. Those hearings, all the truth can come out because so much of the reporting of this has been dishonest. And um, but the reporters, you know, whether they're fronting the nefarious agenda or just being lazy, mm. right? Haven't most of them haven't gone out of their way to find the truth. A handful of good commentators have, right? And they've done their bit. But all this can come out now in this in this Senate in these um, these hearings, and this is going to not just upset the government's agenda specific to Christine, but the wider issues to do with Australia Post, which we'll talk about later as well. Yeah, so we want to go through a bit of a timeline here of how this commenced and the absolute explosion that took off in the last couple of weeks when Parliament started sitting. So in December last year, um, it finally started, this matter started to come to the attention of some of the politicians and media after we'd been hammering away. So Bob Catter at that point was the lone voice speaking up for Christine Holgate. Uh, Barnaby Joyce at a certain point did a mere culpa which we played on the show saying, look, I took this the wrong way. Um, yep. this, this is important. Very, very, very important early intervention by both of those guys in the last week, of the last sitting of Parliament mm. last year. And that sort of gave it the impetus to move. Only at that point, um, the media was only uh, reporting it very in very small doses. You had Robert Gottliebson and Terry McCran that started reporting on it. And the, just before Christmas, there was a lot of discussion about the Maddox report, which was the government commissioned investigation into what had actually gone on with the watches. Um, that, of course, was suppressed at that point. Just, just on Robert Gottliebson and Terry McCran, Elisa, what, they only reported as well as they did because they bothered to pay attention to the details. This wasn't hard to find out that there yeah. was another side of the story, right? They did, and they started reporting it. Most journalists were just terribly, terribly lazy. And then just before Australia Day weekend, coming into 2021, um, the Maddox report was released. So before the long weekend, it was all meant to be hushed up. Uh, however, there was a campaign where uh, some of the tabloids ran a series of glossy attacks on Christine Holgate, uh, just in case. But you had, at that point, got Liebson, who put out a very important article uh, about that uh, about that subject, the Maddox report, uh, and he actually indicated at that point, which is quite crucial to note, that there were two things that could bring the government undone, uh, submarines, but the other thing being this Australia Post issue. So they said the government wanted to get that off the books so that yeah. it could move ahead to plan for an election coming up. The other crucial intervention, as we've reported before, was uh, by Janet Albertson at that point. Um, and this all laid bare the unknowable and arbitrary rules, as she said, in Australian politics and the PM's um, willingness to throw anyone under the bus just to protect his uh, political career. So, again, um, this triumph of principle over that kind of political agenda is, is um, notable. You had, by the 31st of January, Sky News coverage where the outsiders saying Christine was throw thrown under the bus. You had Terry McCran again beginning of February uh, indicating the board was the problem here. And Elisa, one of the, a lot of this coverage you just mentioned came following the release of the report and that followed our three R campaigns. We said, we said we needed three R's, release the report, replace the board, reinstate Holgate. And it suddenly started happening all at once and it set the scene for um, my trip to Canberra with Angela Cramp. Yeah. So we'll talk about yeah. that after the break. That's right.
Welcome back to the Citizens Report where we're discussing the triumph of principle over politics in the Australia Post affair. Now, on, from the 16th to 18th of February, uh, you went to Canberra, Robbie, with Angela Cramp from the Licensed Post Office Group and started lobbying on this issue hard. And one of the immediate interventions that came as a result of that was that on the 18th of February, uh, C Communications Minister Paul Fletcher raised in the Parliament question time uh, the fact that Christine Holgate had chosen to resign and Bob Catter couldn't stomach that so he raced into the parliament and raised this question which will play. The member for Kennedy on a point of order. Uh, Mr Speaker, if a person knows that a person, a minister is lying, is it my duty to stand up and say that he's lying? Christine Holgate never resigned. The member, don't tell lies the... to the House. Elisa, that had become a key question with every member of parliament we were meeting. I, th I thought she had resigned. Mm. That's the way it was reported. And we gave the facts of that. She'd offered to resign, but they didn't accept her conditions, which was no conditions. And so that made that offer null and void, but then they pretended she resigned anyway. So once people got a hold of that, then they started really, it, it changed the way they thought about it. And they started acting. And Bob, of course, being Bob, went hardest of, of everybody. That was the Thursday. By the Sunday night, Channel 10 ran exclusive coverage by Peter Van Onselen where um, they raised this issue. He played the clip of Scott Morrison saying, you know, if she won't resign, then she can go. And then he follows with this. But the inquiry that followed cleared Ms Holgate of any dishonesty, fraud, corruption or misuse of funds. They, they stumbled here badly. The ALP pushed them into a bloody trap. The watches were a reward for securing a lucrative deal to offer banking services at post offices in 2018. That deal was a game changer for Australia Post. It turned the business from a loss maker to a profitable business. Then the following day in Parliament, uh, Pauline Hanson raised her resignation. Uh, citing the chair of Australia Post, Lucio de Ptolemeo's 9th November Senate estimate speaking and the fact that he had lied in that hearing. Why, more than three months since the Prime Minister was first made aware the chair, Lucio de Bartolomeo, had lied to and misled Senate estimates in evidence regarding Ms Holgate and after she was completely exonerated by Australia Post independent inquiry, has he not taken action to hold the chair accountable? Now, Elisa, the word liar in Parliament is unparliamentary language, but we've got Bob Catter and Pauline Hanson both using it because it was the right word to use, right? And lining up this guy, Lucio Di Bartolomeo, was very important as well. The whole bigger picture there, if we've got time later, I'll talk more about it. But that was a, that was a crucial part of cutting through this and so that everyone's on notice. Hang on, there's a tissue of lies around this, right? Mm, exactly, and I should add that that morning at Drive Time Radio on Sydney's biggest radio station, 2GB, Ben Fordham had raised the issue in a very powerful way uh, on that morning Drive Time Radio, uh, and this is what he said. But here's the reality. Christine Holgate had received board approval to give staff the gifts. In fact, the watches were accompanied by a handwritten card from John Stanhope, who was chairman of Australia Post at the time. He wrote, thanks for being part of this in convincing the three major banks on the value we bring. Great work, well done. So that was the handwritten note from the chairman of Australia Post at the time, John Stanhope, alongside the Cartier watches. So the male chairman knew about the watches, but it was the female CEO tossed to the wolves.
Now, just on the $19,000 for the four watches, last year the NBN paid $78 million worth of bonuses to staff. That works out to be 16,500 Cartier watches. Now, Lisa, while, while this media coverage was being generated and it was, it was starting to make a big difference, at the same time, and more importantly, the viewers of this show, as we said, been making calls. People, Those calls people make are prepared to make on an issue like this to reinstate Christine Holgate were having a huge effect. And then I went on Martin North's Walk the World show, Digital Finance Analytics, and we did a show on Watchgate is going off and really said, look, it's because it was Monday, right? We said, make calls today. We knew there were party room meetings the next morning. Make calls today. And there was a, like the flood of calls just went off the charts. Politicians had never seen anything like it. And in the, t- in the meeting on Tuesday morning, the, the, the Labor Party and National Parties assembled for their party room meeting, right? Um, and I know it was raised in the meeting, but more importantly, in the middle of the meeting, Craig Kelly quit the party in the middle of the meeting, right? Now, the funny thing about that is everyone had been claiming Christine Holgate had resigned, and of course she hadn't. Craig Kelly gave Scott Morrison a live demonstration what a resignation really is. And, I'm, and he actually signed his, unlike Christine Holgate. Mm. He did it right in the meeting. But that meant... Scott Morrison lost his working majority. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, Bob, people like Bob Catter were far more important to him and it changed the whole dynamic of, of the, the, the potential around this to actually get a, uh, a resolution. Yeah, and then later that day, there were reports that Communications Minister Paul Fletcher was calling the licensed post office group saying, tell your people to call off the dogs because they were getting <laughs> flooded with calls. And the and licensed then... post office group said, they're not our dogs yeah. because they knew that it was... There was a lot, of, them. a lot of Austra- <laughs> ordinary Australians and, were making calls. And it was picked up at that point by political commentator Ronnie Salt. We'll put the tweet up over 40,000 followers saying Fletcher's office rang the LPOG to express their um, excitement at the response to reinstate Holgate. They're waiting to hear from you too with the phone <laughs> numbers of both the ministers. Now then, on the 24th of February, the next day, Pauline Hanson made an excellent speech with a very thorough review of the facts of the case, ultimately calling for a Senate inquiry. But she reviewed, and it's worth watching the whole thing on our YouTube channel, all of Christine Holgate's accomplishments, the fact she took a pay cut, cut, Uh, She had 95% board approval, the highest ranking woman in business at a certain point. She delivered financial results, transformed Australia Post and signed this lucrative bank deal, which we've drawn a lot of attention to. So this clip now, she talks about how Christine was bullied into standing down. On October the 22nd, 2020, the following Senate estimates on that day, the new chair of Australia Post, Lucio de Bartolomeo, called Miss Holgate and told her he had received a call from the Prime Minister. She was told the Prime Minister had requested Miss Holgate be stood down while an investigation into the gifting of the watches took place. Remember, this is two years after the event had occurred. It is my understanding Miss Holgate took the chair, told the chair she did not wish to stand down given the effect it would have on the organisation as it entered its peak trading season but that she would cooperate fully with any investigation. She also forwarded a photograph of a card signed and inscribed from her and the previous chair as evidence he had supported the rewards given to the executives. This photograph was forwarded to the Australia Post chair, to other Australia Post board members, to Minister Fletcher's chief of staff and to the deputy secretary in communications early on the afternoon of October the 22nd. At around 2 
12.38 p.m. that day, after the forwarding of the photograph, Minister Fletcher told Question Time the CEO would be investigated and would be stood down. A few minutes later, at approximately 2.42 p.m., the Prime Minister told Question Time that Ms Holgate, and I quote, has been instructed to stand aside, and if she doesn't wish to do that, she can go, end quote. And that, is, and that it was for all to see. And there it was for all to see. No explanation by the Prime Minister, not guilty to proven innocent, no sense of justice or fair play, no respect for one of the country's most senior and successful business leaders, no support, just complete abandonment. A simple, here comes the bus and you're being thrown under it. Lisa, this is what I'd referred to earlier. What you saw in that clip, and I do urge people to watch the whole thing, it's on our YouTube channel, the 10 minutes that Pauline did. She laid out the case. She'd interrogated Birmingham the day before, and then she laid out the full case, right? Look, when members of parliament take the time to get on top of the details of something, they can often be very good. And this is what she has done in this case and shown up a lot of other members of parliament, by the way, especially senators. So it, and she ended with this resounding call, this needs a Senate inquiry, and that's why we actually got one. And there was coverage that afternoon in the Daily Telegraph, Herald Sun, Courier Mail and Australian Financial Review of that call for the Senate inquiry. Now we'll be right back to keep talking about it after this break. Welcome back to the Citizens Report where we're discussing the breakthrough in the Australia Post affair uh, being that a call for a Senate inquiry has successfully passed through the Senate yesterday. Now, um, after Pauline gave the speech we were just discussing, she was invited onto Sky News where she was interviewed by Andrew Bolt. And I want to play a few clips from that because it was an excellent overview of this whole subject. I criticised it too, until my colleague Terry McCrane took me aside and talked sense into me. Now, the Prime Minister, I think, should have defended a woman who was one of the most successful in the public sector. God knows he needs people of that talent. We're talking about our money after all, but he wasn't going to defend her, not against the media in full cry. So under the bus she went. Supposed to Andrew, happen. she wants she wants her job back. All right, she's never resigned. She went in to see the 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 chair. She handed him a statement saying, "Listen, we need to come to some ending with it." After ten days, it really affected her health. She was mainly concerned about the workers, the post offices, and the people of Australia. The eighty thousand employees of that organisation. The fact is that she has never officially resigned. They said she has, she hasn't. She put in a statement trying to come to some agreement. The, she said, this is my statement. I will give to the media at 2 o'clock today. What happened was the chair released that to the media at 1.30, saying that she's offered her resignation. Christine's lawyers have gone to the, have gone to the board and said, we want the documentation. They have not presented anything. She said, I, at the time, she said, I'll take a couple of weeks' leave and then, you know, so the um, investigation can go ahead. She's heard nothing since. She's not got paid. What they're trying to do is railroad her. They want her to, to do an amendment to her contract. The amendment states, you will not get paid. You will not be able to get employed for 12 months. You will never be able to speak about this again. They want to shut her down completely. And she's never gone to the media. She's never asked for money. She doesn't want to pay out. 
She has so much respect for the Australia Post, for the post office, for the workers, and that's why they've got behind her. And she is someone that we need in Australia. And I believe that she should be reinstated into a position... Well, not reinstated, because she's never lost it, and there's no um, understanding that, and that's why I want this to be investigated by the um, Senate inquiry. Elisa, it's very good to see Andrew Bolt do another one do mea culpa. And, of course, he acknowledged it came from Terry McCran. He lined him up and said, this is rubbish, right? And so people were saying the truth along the whole time, but it took a while for it to really sink into people. And I must say this. We, someone made a joke in our office that if you did a... Um, if you track the media coverage of this, right, it's like a, it's like a, a hockey stick curve. It just goes... It goes um, off the charts mm. at the end. And that's the way this kind of campaign works. It boils over. But that's the pointy end of it. The hard work is the, all those months we did of paying attention to this, getting people to make calls, etc. That's what brings it to this point. And it's, but it's a real delight when, the, when it gets to this point and it's a real boil over because mm. it couldn't be stopped <clears throat> at that point. Yeah, and you know, Andrew Clonell discussed it on Sky News as well. Um, and then by the following day, of course, Hanson's motion for the Senate inquiry was put up. We'll run that. So there being no other matters, I will proceed to the discovery of formal business and it being Thursday, I'll go in the order on the notice paper. So business of the Senate matter number one, Senator Hanson. I ask that business of the Senate notice of motion one be taken as a formal motion. Is there any objection to this motion being taken as formal? There being none, Senator Hanson. I move the motion. Question is that motion be agreed to. Those of that opinion say aye. The contrary, no. The ayes have it. Now, Lisa, thank God our producer, Ben, actually illustrated that because the, what, one of the frustrating things about the Senate is these motions passed, this, they represent the most momentous things, but they're the most bland, boring yeah. procedural things you've ever seen in your life. They, 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 that was a tip of an enormous iceberg, right, of, of churning turmoil in the parliament ended in that. So anyway, now we have a, an inquiry. That's right. Um, so And it passed on the voices, as you can see. So yeah. in other words, there was no opposition to Not that. even the government was dead, dead uh, to oppose it. Um, but, you know, we still have... It's yet to be seen whether Scott Morrison's going to go postal in some fashion <laughs> um, because the question is, you know, he could have stopped this and we do know that there were efforts by the government to try to stop it going ahead. They didn't ahead. want this inquiry, no. No, they did not, but they could have stopped it in its tracks, which I think would have been better for them. Um, now, yesterday, following that victory, there was uh, a bit of coverage which was in the Australian Financial Review and the Sydney Morning Herald, uh, but now we have to take up the baton. And I just wanted to add to our campaign so that people get a sense of this, um, because, of course, we had three to four weeks of intense phone calls to MPs. I mean, one guy told us that he contacted 40 different MPs. So this was a huge effort. So we can take a break on that for the moment. We'll come back to what we want you to do. But we had people out in the streets campaigning for this. We'll put up some pictures. Um, we had one supporter because we said to supporters, take our flyer, print it off on, from our website, and you can get it yourself too, take it to your local post office. And one supporter has targeted 100 post offices, and he sent in photos of about 23 post offices that he's visited so far. So this is beginning to really um, get the attention of, of people and affect the psyche of Australians who are realising how important these agencies are. Yeah, people are learning how Australia Post works and how, license po how important licensed post offices are. It's a great side benefit to this scandal. So now, do you want to say something about the terms of reference of this inquiry and what? Look, we want they were very powerful. They were very powerful. We've put out a release today that actually details the terms of reference, so you can see that on our website. Um, this is this is in fact they're so powerful. I had people, other politician staffers saying to me, "Oh man, that 
you know, they, they may be, that may be too strong. They might not get up for that reason, but they did get up, right? So this is going to be a, a pointed, wide-ranging inquiry. There may be a way that the general public should intersect with this, which we'll announce at the time. The, the committee, though, hasn't put the details up on the website yet. So, so stay tuned for that, because whatever the public can do, we'll let you know, and we should do in a big way. Um, but there will be, you know, later, later in March, there's definitely going to be public hearings about this, right? And all, the, all the truth will be revealed. What we have to do in the meantime, though, is go big on the big picture. This is the, the specifics around Christine and her unjust forcing out, etc. It's a very important part of the story, but the, everyone needs to be aware of the bigger picture driving this, and that's why we've done this great documentary called Taking on the Banks, The Truth About the Australia Post Cartier Watches Affair. Watch it, share it everywhere, especially with all your MPs and senators. Make sure they're aware of it. You email it to them and call them up and say, I've sent you something, you've got to watch it. I want your response to that, right? Make sure they watch it. We will keep that kind of external pressure on from the outside. And there's more to say also about the, the privatisation agenda. There's big revelations coming about that, which you can, you'll get from us soon. Yeah, and that's the wider play that Christine got caught in here, which people like Stan John Stanhope had indicated back in October yep. last year to the Australian Financial Review. So we'll talk about that more. We've run out of time. Call in for more information to get our alert service. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, Robert. Thanks, Eliza. See you next week.